spot, put it in park, here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here alongside my co-host, Bush. What's up, Deaver? It's been a little minute since uh, since we've been on, but dude, what has happened to the world, man? What is going on? Yeah, we took a, a, a little hiatus just because news and, and things were coming in so quickly in the sports world. We actually recorded a podcast um, kind of during the whole, uh, I'll call it doomsday week almost, where you know the NBA and NHL announced their postponement. Um, the Players' Championship of the PGA Tour announced their cancellations. Um, we had a full podcast uh, recorded, but the news was coming out so fast that uh, we couldn't get it turned around. So we just kind of took a little pause, and, and now we have a little bit more of an idea of what's going on in the world of sports right now. Um, but even that, I mean, it changes every single day. Yeah, it, dude, the, that podcast, everything we recorded within three hours was obsolete. That night, I'll never forget, Mm-mm. the NBA canceled. And of course, I forget, but there was two things, other things major that happened. And I was just like, this, this isn't real life. This isn't real life. But it, the NBA was the first one that night that had canceled. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is serious. Yeah, yeah. And first and foremost, hope uh, this, this uh, podcast finds you guys uh, happy and healthy with, uh, with your families uh, and, and closest in, uh, in quarantine, finds all your, you and your loved ones safe. Um, but yeah, the, uh, it was Wednesday night when Rudy Gobert came out that he had you know, the coronavirus. Yeah. I think is that, that was the night that we recorded. It was right after that, that announcement. And we were kind of going through our, you know, our thoughts on contingencies and what leagues were going to do and actions they were going to take. And by the time, you know, Nate and Jim went to go cut it the next day, it was NBA postponed, NHL postponed. Um, the Players' Championship was going on. Even even golf, they, they came out with an announcement that Friday that they were going to play without spectators throughout the weekend. And six hours later, later that night, Commissioner Monaghan came back out and said, um, you know, no golf this weekend. Um, so things were happening so, so quickly. Took a little break to kind of let the dust settle. And where do we find ourselves here, what, two weeks later? Crazy, man. So obviously with you and golf, man, I mean, what the hell is going on, dude? Dude, it's 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 just ever changing. It's it's ever changing. Um, you know, we, we're constantly getting updated from from governing bodies, uh, you know, World Health Organization kind of following guidelines, um, a ton of contingency plans in place. One of the big dominoes that recently fell and I think was just, um, you know, it was going to happen was the Olympics getting postponed. Um, they, it's funny, even the Olympic committee, they came out uh, a couple of days ago saying that they were going to have a four week period to kind of digest the situation, see what's going on. They were having going to have an announcement in April about the state of the Olympics. Four days later, postponed four days later, after they said an announcement that it was going to take them four weeks, it took them four days to say, we, we, we can't host this. Now, the one thing that we talked about on that hidden podcast that never got released was, I thought that there was a clause where the Olympics couldn't be held outside of their year. Do you remember talking about that? Uh, yeah, you brought that up, and I and it makes total sense. Like, you don't break tradition, man. Like, and also probably just so many things that get tied into it, whether it's like World Cups or the Winter Olympics later on. But I, I heard something, and obviously it's it's untrue, where they found a clause around it. They made an amendment to, I guess, the Olympic Constitution, whatever you want to call it. Um, originally, they said that the Olympics couldn't be held outside of their host year. So, like, the Tokyo Olympics were set for 2020. They could push them back till October, but they couldn't push them to 2020. Well, here we are, the Olympics... Um, 
we don't have dates yet, but you know, they're, it's being postponed to 2021. Think about, dude, just think about those athletes that have been absolutely grinding this past four years, eight years to, to get to where they are in the Olympics. Um, Hammonds and I follow, we follow a Lolo Jones, who is a, uh, a track and field star. And she posted a funny, uh, a funny video the day after the Olympics got now, um, postponed instead of pouring a bowl of Wheaties, she poured a whole entire bowl of, of just candy because they could finally take a break and, and right. go on a hiatus. But the weird, the, the, the sad thing is these athletes are now another year older. They have another year worth of training. They, yep. you know, some of them may not be a part of the equation and also the Olympics for the athletes themselves, it's not a big money game. It's not. It's not a big money game. A it's lot a of them are, are going on. Their, it's a pride game. A lot of them are training and, and going on their own dime. They have other careers, um, you know, and they've waited their whole life just for that one window of you know every four years having the summer summer Olympics. So um, thoughts out to those guys because I could not imagine you know missing my window or now having so much more competition of you know another crop like is the younger crop of athletes going to be able to qualify for the 21 Olympics? Do I have to even mm-hmm. work harder now? And that's all getting thrown in the mix. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say to your point of these athletes being one year older, you also got to think of the younger athletes who are one year older, but you know, in their prime now. So these guys who are one year older on the older end of the spectrum are going to be competing with, you know, this other crowd right. now. And who knows, man, a lot of these guys might have missed their shot. It's very possible. It's, you know, I wonder if in this clause where they talked about, you know, moving it to another year, um, if they discussed locking the athletes in or having another tryout or, you know, what happens? Cause the, the Olympics were a couple months away. Like they had their roster set more than likely. I think some of the qualifying was still to be done, so I, I don't know if, if all the rosters got got announced. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just there's so many what ifs in this entire situation. No matter what professional sports league you're talking about, there's so many what ifs, and we can kind of just go down go down the list. Um, the NBA and NHL, they're they're contemplating when and if they're going to be able to restart at all and how that affects the next league year, you know, whether it's the draft or free agency or, or um, all those kind of like ancillary items that are a part of a league year. Um, the NHL and the NBA have taught, you know, there's been a couple of rumors tossed around. I don't even know when they're going to be able to restart though. This, you know, this, this pandemic kind of gets updated every day on, on what we can and can't do and different precautions we need to take. Um, and even if we get back to reality out of this kind of quarantine, out of this, you know, isolation delay, I don't know when big time gatherings are going to be able to be held again. They may start back up without spectators. Who knows? The one concerning thing that, that we heard this morning, Kirk Herbstreet, um, college football analyst and, and broadcaster for ESPN, you, you know, from college game day and all the big, big time uh, ESPN college football games. He's like, I, I don't, I don't see a future where it's going to be tough for the NCAA football and and NFL to restart next year, and, and that is just that that that's beyond concerning because mm-hmm. at one point the NBA and NHL had ideas of coming back in you know July August and being able to reboot for the 2021 season, but now if football's in question, I, I don't know if these league years are going to finish. That's been one league that hasn't been discussed at all, other than the free agency, and we'll get into that later. Dude, NFL postponement or NCAA football postponement wasn't a discussion, and now it is, and now people are starting to shake in their boots a little bit. I'm starting to shake in my boots. I mean, I, I couldn't think of, of being without you know pro sports until 
I mean, anytime or right now, but until June, you know, okay, June, we'll get it back. And now to say that football might be in jeopardy through another eight, nine months. Are you kidding me? Um, the MLB, <laughs> the MLB, <laughs> are you kidding me? I kind of get like chills even talking about it. I, I have no idea. It actually makes me take for granted all like the, the XFL games. I didn't, you know, games I didn't catch in this past like month or two. It's like, I wish I saw every little last bit of sports. Yeah, dude. I was just thinking that too. Before we started, I was like, man. You know, if any sport came on right now in the United States, NHL, whatever, I said, I would watch it. It doesn't matter who it is, dude. Like, <laughs> And I think that was the original thought with golf, man. I think that was the original thought when they when they announced that um, the PGA Tour, the Players Championship was going to be hosted without spectators. I think golf saw an opportunity where they're an outdoor sport. There's an opportunity for players not to be near each other. I mean, look at um, look at golf around the country right now. Not all courses are closed. You know, Jimbo's still down here working at a course in Florida. So golf is a game that can be, you know, hosted kind of in isolation. Golf saw an opportunity to be the the only show, you know, the only thing on TV, the only the only horse in the race. Um, and that's when I think players voiced their opinion. I'm pretty sure Rory was one to voice his opinion of like, dude, we're not traveling week in and week out going to these events. We got guys, international guys that live in Europe and, and live in Asia and are coming in and out to different events. There's, there's no way that we can kind of be in this melting pot, especially, you know, so close to each other and player dining in the locker room and things like that. It's, it's, it's greater than that. But I think they did see an opportunity where they could be the only, the only horse in the race. That would have been pretty cool, actually, and it's actually a really good business thought out of the PGA before they realized how serious this virus truly is. I mean, it really is very feasible to be separate in golf. I mean, what do they do? They do twosomes, right, or twosomes, and it's just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean. And it's you and your caddy who you're going to be with anyway, and then, right. I don't know, they, they just came out with the rule that you can leave the pin in, so. Right. Maybe exactly. they force the role of having the pin in. The I problem, saw... the problem is, and what I was like trying to wrap my head around being in the industry itself is, is just all of the infrastructure and background activity that takes place at all those events. I mean, to just to put a golf event on TV, it takes hundreds of employees from whatever networks producing it. Um, you know, even just just getting the players fed and and the accommodation set up for them. Like, there's there's uh, there's a lot more than just the 144 players you see out there on the weekend. So that's where I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, the months of build up for, for a certain event, even if you had no spectators there's still, you know, a lot that goes into it, a lot of bodies in one place. Um, it, it was an opportunity, but they, they needed to make the right call and, and, and follow, you know, these guidelines and, and the rest of the leagues in the world and just go on, go on hiatus. It's, it's, it's an absolute shame and something I don't think, I hope we never see again. Um, but being on the forefront of it, it's, it's, downright insane <laughs> you know you know what's crazy Deves? you just got my mind running uh you always do this to me i appreciate it appreciate you for this but we live in the best sports period time frame right now athlete wise lebron james tiger i mean like the, the epitome of primetime athletes we've also been are able to say we've lived through no sports ever at any point in time and there's no other generation that can say that these other these other stop like the you know what I've seen as tournaments events races leagues get postponed they keep going back to like World War II that's what like the last time this wasn't hosted was 1944 or the last time this wasn't hosted was 1925 during the Great Depression or and that's just shaking to to Chills. realize like Chills. what we're yeah like to what we're what we're living in right now. 
Um, and even, you know, even if, if the world gets somewhat, somewhat back to normal here in the next couple months, I, I don't know when sports truly gets, gets back to normal. Um, and it's just, it's just a shame. A lot of these, you know, whether it's the athletes or the teams financially, I mean, the country was doing, look at it holistically. I mean, we were doing very, very well, you know, and, uh, one thing that our mind was, was running on recently is, is will some of these sports teams fold? Will some of them, you know, have financial troubles? I mean, what you're seeing right now is different leagues, uh, sorry, different, yeah, different teams and stadiums announcing paying of employees, um, most of them have decided to, uh, you know, do the right, you know, do the human thing and, and keep the, those part-time employees in pay, uh, paid, you know, those hourly folks that are there day in and day, night in and night out at the games. Um, some have announced that they're not, or they're taking pay cuts or they're laying off employees. Um, and you know, gr- gr- on a greater scale, are they going to be able to withstand this financially? Some of those lower bottom, bottom tier teams. Um, think of, you know, we're talking NHL, like the, not, not the Flyers, not the Bruins, not the Maple Leafs, but think of the Coyotes. Think of the Panthers. I don't know their financial situations. I mean, think of the Hurricanes. Think of teams that like need to have these games hosted um, to, to have revenue come in. The NBA, the, I don't know. I don't know what the Jazz or the Bobcats or, or um, you know, the Trailblazers look like financially, but they're they're not teams with big pockets. They're not the Yankees. They're not the Lakers. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they make out after this. How they come out of this, you know, stronger. I mean, I I know they're they're billion dollar industries and they have a ton of revenue coming in from TV contracts. But the game's not on TV. I don't know if these players are going to be getting game checks. Like I, they're not playing. Game. I don't know. It's it's yeah. Two things. Wrap your head around. Two things to go off what you're saying here. One, I saw. Uh, Harris Blitzer, whatever it was, their guy said, you know, cutting paychecks. And then he came back and said, I mean, dude, it's just causing mayhem in that aspect. And then, you know, the other thing I want to get into here too is, you know, how are these teams going to survive, man? Like you just said, dude, the Sacramento Kings, like they're probably scraping, scraping pennies together to start with. Like, and the, and the one thing we talked about just before this podcast, we've, you know, like I was saying, the country's kind of been at, at its height, right? The stock market was at its height. Um, people were buying things were, you know, things were, were cruising and same thing with evaluations of sports teams. I mean, the NFL, a team wasn't going for, you know, teams were going for billions of dollars. The, the last NFL team to sell was the Panthers. That's over $2.275 billion. The Houston Rockets in, in 2017 sold for $2.2 billion. Miami <laughs> Marlins, 2017, $1.2 billion. Will you see those evaluations go down similar to how we're seeing the stock market go down? Will teams, you know, because yeah. not that not to get political, but, um, you know, one of the struggles right now is restaurants and bars, restaurants and bars. They're they're They rely on being open and, and taking money in and paying their employees hourly. Right now, they're at a total standstill. And what um, President Trump said on one of his um, updates recently, people were asking about restaurants and he's like, they'll 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 be back. I mean, the, the economy will be back and restaurants will be back. It, they might be on different ownership. But they'll be back, and that's what that's what got me thinking about pro sports teams. Is they'll be back. I don't think they'll fold. I don't think they'll go away. I don't think we'll see leagues shrink. But you could see some owners looking to get out of the game and sell for less than they were evaluated previous, you know, pre-coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You could Absolutely. see teams getting sold at a, you know, at a at a um, at a clearance for mm-hmm. you know for with somebody who has a better, you know. 
a group or an individual who has a better financial standing right now. And kind of like people diving into the stock market when it's low, buying low and and selling high. You might see that with with these lesser sports teams that are trying to get out. Well, another thing, too, you got to think of is, you know, that you said the TV networks obviously were paying these leagues a lot of money, but. You know, there's not that much money going into the TV networks anymore. They're only showing like these old fashioned, you know, games and everything. I mean, yeah, that's probably doing pretty well since people are lacking sports, but it's still it doesn't suffice from what it was initially getting. Even on a Joe Schmo versus Joe Schmo team, they were probably getting more views than they're getting now. And thinking about as you're talking about TV networks going away from the, the financial side, but just the scheduling side of things. You know, in 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 the golf space, one of the one of the tough things is is looking to reschedule or postpone events, even the Olympics. Right, all of these leagues and teams have deals with TV providers, whether it's NBC, CBS, ESPN, and stuff is scheduled years years in advance. So now you're looking to reschedule things that should have been on ESPN or NBC in April. Now they're on ESPN or NBC in September, and ESPN and NBC have already scheduled football. They've already have scheduled Sunday night games where they have crews scheduled going to college football games. You can't just, you know, throw in a golf event or throw in the NHL playoffs because first of all, they need the crews. They need, they need the bodies. They need the, the airtime. They need to sell the commercial units. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to rack your head around the amount of, you know, the amount that's going to go into getting us back to, to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk like, they're struggling, you know, anything on, on Fox, Fox and CBS dominate football. They have, you know, one and four o'clock throughout, throughout the year. They're at four or five different games doing these regional markets. Anything on Fox and CBS that needs to be rescheduled. It's going to be tough. The Olympics themselves, NBC, NBC pays a ton of money to be the host, the home of the Olympics on TV. Now NBC has all that you know infrastructure and, and scheduling in place to be there for four weeks in Tokyo in 2020. Now they have to push out the 2021 where they already had stuff and programming scheduled. I mean, it's that's yeah. that's the hard part about getting this stuff back up and running. Speaking of Fox and all of that, it reminded me of the XFL real quick. And we're going to be robbed of seeing what the first XFL champions ring was going to be. And then that got me thinking, Deves, as to if championship rings – in this season because of COVID-19 will have something regarding the virus on that ring. You know how they do something? Probably, probably not on like the ring itself, but my thought, I mean, we have to, it's still too early to tell of what these playoffs are going to look like. I mean, I've seen a couple of scenarios where it goes straight to playoffs for the NHL. You got eight well, teams that go right in. The flyer, the flyers make it let out. You know, there might only be one game series. Like those, you know, certain teams may not make it. It might be a series of, uh, or sorry, a bracket of, you know, Two and two, it's will they even be ranks? Will they just give it to? Are they going to give it to the team with the most points at the end of the year? Um, you know, there, there's going to be an asterisk on the whole year, and a lot of teams, you know, we're like, like our Flyers, we're doing well for the first time, and and to first off have their momentum stopped, and two to possibly not even be able to have a chance to regain it. It's just, it's just a shame. Um, <laughs> Dude, one, it's laughable. It's one, such one a shame. In, interesting one I heard in this whole kind of rescheduling shuffle and what team what teams leagues are looking at. The MLB, the opening day was supposed to be yesterday, and their start of the season is postponed. Of course, I'm here in 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 Tampa, Florida, and I'm looking forward to all these spring training games. And of course, I have no spring training to to watch. I, I saw I saw three games. Um, 
But when they get their season started, I mean, that's a long season. They have 162 games. Are they going to be able to play all 162? Probably not, which they probably shouldn't be anyway at this current moment in time. They probably should be closer to 100, 120. Mm -hmm. But they're talking about the World Series is going to go later. It's just inevitable the World Series is going to go later. And they're thinking if the World Series gets pushed to mid-November, they're contemplating having the World Series at a neutral site or in a dome, kind of like the Super Bowl, how the Super Bowl goes to you know one location in a, in a usually a favorable climate or or um, you know on an even playing surface in a dome. If you got the Red Sox, if you have the and this is just an idea of of you know who knows we're going to get into. But you have the Red Sox and, uh, and the Brewers are inside, but yeah, so just say the Red Sox and the Brewers, any cold weather climate teams, the Phillies. I mean, we remember how cold they were in two thousand eight in in October, and Phillies Yankees two thousand nine. Talking about doing the World Series at a neutral site or a dome, that'd be kind of cool. It would be really cool. I would like that a lot. I mean, I think it's it's so MLB kind of takes hockey into consideration with the way they run their series, um, and they don't really take into account at all the the playoff structure. Like, uh, what's the other league I'm thinking of? Uh, like the NFL, where they win games at home. There's no, you know, they have the home field advantage in baseball, dude. So. I wish that MLB did do these neutral sites. I mean, I think it would be awesome because, I mean, does baseball really make that difference? You did. I think you argue that baseball made a difference for home field advantage. In the playoffs, I think I think it does. I think it would be weird. And I was tr- running through my head of, of different fields that they'd be able to use um, in in November. And, you know, one of my thoughts is the first thing I thought of was Houston. I thought of Houston. You, you also need to pick something when they if they ever pick a neutral site. Is It's got to be somewhat – I mean, the NFL doesn't do it, but I feel like it has to be somewhat central, you know, somewhat central to potentially both markets. Like if you had the Dodgers in and you had the athletics in, but you already picked, you already picked the Miami Marlins park here in Florida as the neutral site, like who's going, are those guys getting here? And then, I mean, there's so much like, what ifs are people allowed to travel by that point? Are people (laughs) flying places? Are people staying in hotels? Right? Like it's just... (laughs) And that's why, and that's why we took. I took took. I mean, it's been changing daily, but think about how it's going to change monthly here on out. It's um, it's hard to wrap your head around. We're going to find a way to 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 get out some good ta- con- uh, content in the meantime. Um, and some league years are still happening. So we we had some NFL movement and. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Deves, with uh, warm weather rolling in, let's talk about the guy who just made it down to your area, warm weather wise. Yeah, TB12 signing in Tampa. Two-year two-year deal, I'm pretty sure. Tom Brady coming to Tampa Bay in the Buccaneers. That writes the death sentence for for Jameis Winston. But I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really cool to see see Tom Brady in a different jersey. I I, I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the best of the best. They they went around showing pictures of the best of the best of all time in, in different uniforms. I mean, take a look at uh, at Favre and um, Michael Jordan. Jordan, like they, they it's, it's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give the guy another chance, I mean, all, all good things come to an end. And I think he, you know, kind of saw that Belichick, New England has a system, right? They're, it's, it's the team. It's always the team. There's no one better, bigger than the team. And they can find somebody to plug into a scenario. But Belichick thinks he can find somebody to plug into a scenario and make it work. And he has. But Tom Brady, I think, was above that. I think he was above that. He, he wasn't just another player. You know, they can get rid of Chandler Jones or they can get rid of this guy or Antonio Brown can be cut the next week. But Tom Brady was a little bit more. And to kind of give him the 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 chance for the next two years, even though they'd have to pay him like 
come on. The guy's paid back that franchise 12 times over. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's given him 20 great years to let him ride out into the sunset. Even if even if they're struggling for a divisional win, like it, it's not tainted. It's not it's not tainted, and you still have a really good, really really good chance to win with that guy. Right to your point, you said uh, you know they could plug any random guy in and make the system work. When Brady was initially drafted and Bledsoe went out, he was just that other guy that went in to fill that system, and then he became the goat that he is now. So. Um, you know, just to your point, I, I, I do agree, but I also think we should point out that initially he was Joe Schmo off the street. Nobody knew he was going to become what he became. Um, and I think the Patriots are going to be able to do the same thing again, man. Bill Belichick always has something up his sleeve. He's always ready for the next, uh, next man up mentality. And we'll see who he, uh, converts to the next Brady potentially. That's the concerning thing is what, you know, we want to say the dynasty's over, but is it, but is it like, I feel like. I've been saying in the group chat, Belichick plays chess, man. Everybody else is playing checkers. Belichick plays chess, and he may have the next move. You got Trevor Lawrence coming out here soon. You got, you know, you have a Cam Newton available that we'll talk about a little bit later. Like, I don't know if he sees somebody or he knows something that's a year or two down the road where where he could take that and and um, and spin that into something great. Just like you said, Brady off the bench, you know, coming in for Bledsoe and, and look at the run that they've they've had the past 20 years. So he may have some of his lead where, uh, oh, of course, the, you know, the one year the, the Pats are bad, we have a generational talent at quarterback coming out in the draft and he's able to make some moves and get Trevor Lawrence. Like, how terrifying would that be? I mean, it's terrifying. And you could see through the moves that he's been making with letting Guskowski go and letting a couple other major names go. I mean, all he's pretty much got is is Edelman at this point. I mean, he doesn't have a tight end anymore. He doesn't Ryan have a quarterback. Hoyer is their quarterback under contract right now. Like. Yeah, like Hoyer. And I do believe Belichick and Hoyer have a relationship because I think Hoyer was a backup for Brady for a few years. Yeah, he was back and forth. Yep. Right. So so Hoyer knows the system. He's going to be one of he's he's not going to be that guy that, you know, we think is going to be the next goat in the, for New England, but he knows the system. He's going to be able to hold the fort down for a little while, lose them just the right amount of games yeah, if they don't get, get the them. Yep. Right. Lose them the perfect amount of games for them to make some moves, get down lower in the dra- or higher in the draft and get and get that Trevor Lawrence guy, dude. I really think he's going to go there. I really do. Yeah. The other cool thing that we're going to see out of this um, back down to Tampa is they have a two-year window now. The Buccaneers have a two-year window to kind of make a push. And I don't know if they're done. I don't know their their salary cap scenarios. They brought back Sue, who's kind of you know a little bit he's a little bit older now. They have Mike Evans, Godwin. Um, they have a chance though in these next two years to to kind of make a run. That's 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 really their window right now with Brady. And one cool thing that we'll see is a pretty different looking and a pretty competitive NFC South. We have the chance now to see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year. Wow. They play. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this. The, the Bucks play the Packers. Like the, he'll be against Aaron Rodgers again. He'll be against Matt Ryan twice. He'll be against this new look Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater twice. Like it'll be pretty cool to to get him in a new division in a new conference and see him play against teams that he would competition that he isn't used to. It's not, it's not Sam Darnold and, and the jets. It's not the, the dolphins who've been dysfunctional. It's not the, you know, up and coming bills It is totally different. I mean, at one point you could chalk up Tom Brady for six wins off the bat because of those three divisional opponents. Now he's got, he's, he's got, got some work to do. Tom Brady in the dome, you know, at Mercedes Benz dome in New Orleans. Like that's going to be awesome. They're going to be on, they're going to be on prime time a ton. And I'm excited to get to see him a bunch. Uh, you know, the ticket price has already increased, but 
with uh, Raymond James Stadium 20 minutes away from our place, it's it's on the list for sure. Dude, that's so true. Now, you got my mind thinking again. What is the deal with NFC, AFC quarterback? I mean, NFC has the more superior quarterbacks, no? I mean, AFC's got Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That's pretty much where the buck stops, right? But then the NFC's got Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan. I mean, dude, it's insane. The Buccaneers 2020 opponents, all these dates are to be announced, but right now they they know who they're playing. And they're playing, he's going to be playing Matt Stafford, Drew Brees twice, um, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. He plays against the Chiefs. He plays against Golf and the Rams. Chargers could be the potentially landing spot for Cam Newton. Um, he plays uh, Nick Foles again in Chicago, Matt Ryan twice. The Raiders have a chance to get to, to, to make a move, I'm pretty sure, at, at quarterback. So, it could be a pr- pretty interesting schedule. They could, they could be in prime time a lot, especially that those Breeze and Rogers matchups, Mahomes. You could see them on on TV a ton. That's gonna be so sick. So, Dees with the Bucks, wasn't one of their major issues the offensive line as to why Jameis Winston was so bad with the turnovers and everything? Well, it's because he couldn't see. He didn't well, have contact. Yeah, <laughs> we know he's blind. We know he's blind. But I mean, it definitely doesn't help when you got when you're blind and have people rushing you like crazy. Yeah, I, I think um, it. I didn't follow the Bucks closely and, and t- until we got here. Um, you know, when you have a quarterback with with what thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions, I don't think he really get, gave his team the chance to win. You, you you probably could say that he had a decent defense if if the team where they go last year, like nine and seven, I think. If if a team went nine and seven last year with with a quarterback throwing thirty interceptions, their defense has to be okay. Yeah, it's true. Um. But I'm talking that O line, bro. The O line. I'm not. I'm not sure. You think? You think? You think Brady in in signing this deal would have some clauses for Bruce Arians and the team, right? You think he'd have some some? Hey, man, for me to come, we need to sign a short white wide receiver. We yeah. need to we need to get me a left tackle. I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know where they are, but like get me an offensive line. Yeah, and we might we might see that. Like I'm saying, they have a two year window um, and and they have to make a push now. Um, the other cool story to come out of this, and we all talked about it already, is what Tom Brady asked for. His only ask initially was not for, you know, he didn't ask. He knows what the players are on the field, but he asked the Buccaneers who these players are off the field. Who's Mike Evans off the field? Who's Chris Godwin off the field? And he also asked for every single player on the roster's phone number so he could reach out to them individually when he signed. That's pretty damn cool. That's a leader. Yo, imagine getting a text from him. Hey, this is Tom. Uh, Looking forward to playing with you on the field. You're the backup tight end. (laughs) You're you're on special teams. Dude, uh, I mean, that must have been insane. I mean, the players had to have known, hey, man, I'm giving your number to Tom Brady, so just expect a text. I mean, they had to. Have... Uh, but, bro, dude, the one thing that I just can't get off my mind is thinking about Brady behind the Patriots offensive line. I know you don't really know too much about the Bucks offensive line, dude, but that is going to be a major issue, man. A 40X-year-old guy, um, you know, if he's going to be getting sacked a lot by guys like big teams like the saints and the Falcons and you know, all these teams that are pretty solid, man. It's, it's scary for him. I don't quote me on this. I would hate for this to happen, 
but I would not be surprised that if the Bucks do not have a good line, that Brady could potentially get hurt in Tampa. And I would not be surprised at all. You never saw him get hurt in, in New England because he had the right people. He had Vince Wilfork protecting him. And I couldn't name one guy on that offensive line for the Bucks, dude. Like, not one name. Didn't Vince Wilfork play defense? No, he was a blindside guy. I'm like pretty sure. No, he played defensive tackle. <laughs> All right, so I got Vince Wilfork's position wrong. He was a deep <laughs> tackle. But still, you got guys of his caliber and size on the other end of the field on the offensive line blocking for Brady. So it doesn't, I mean, dude, it, it's it's scary. It's definitely sketchy. So what else we're waiting for to fall in the quarterback world? Um, Phil Rivers signs with the Indianapolis Colts. Rivers going to Indy. The Chargers have a vacancy now. Um, Andy Dalton is on the block, obviously, because the Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow, obviously, with the number one overall pick. Um, Flacco is out in Denver. So we have, um, what's that kid's name in Denver now starting? Not Paxton Lynch. <laughs> no, no, no. He's on the Steelers now. Dude, thinking of quarterbacks that, <laughs> like you just said, I like, couldn't think of his name. Dude, the first name that popped in my mind for the Broncos, obviously it's this isn't correct, but Brock Osweiler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He was a sin. Talk about bad, bad moves. Uh, Houston. Talk about bad moves in general. Brock Osweiler signing and then recently just trading away DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for a washed-up running back. Always hurt running back. Always hurt running back. Dude, and Deshaun Watson with a, with a cryptic tweet. Yeah, uh, you know, all these people around, whatever the tweet said, dude. Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be there. <laughs> no, and that's another rumor for the Pats is that Watson, his contract's up in a year or two. Watson could be the landing spot for um, – or New England could be the landing spot for, for Watson in a couple of years if, if the Patriots buy some bridge time with somebody else. Yeah. Dude. Some some pretty concerning quotes from uh, Bill O'Brien there in in Houston coming like the, the you saw the story that uh, Michael Irv Michael Ir- yeah Michael Irvin he he put out that uh, DeAndre Hopkins said in a closed door meeting O'Brien uh, Bill O'Brien regarded him to Aaron Hernandez almost he, he almost said like you know you're going down a path like Aaron Hernandez the guy who murdered somebody and committed murdered what two people and then committed suicide in prison. I don't think it's a way to yeah. correct somebody's play. He referred to it like his he's he he condemned like him bringing his baby mamas around and getting like distracted during the season. Like just a strange way to coach and yeah. then sends him away for nothing. And this week on the Sid segment, we have Bill O'Brien from the Houston Texans. Dude, shit you don't say is comparing that- a top five wide receiver in the league to Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> like, you just don't do A convicted that. murderer. Yeah. Oh, dude. You just hate to see that. So, Deeves, what well, do we got? We got Ham coming on here to talk about P.J. Walker and Cam. I was going to say, all this talk, uh, a lot of the quarterback carousel has revolved around Charlotte and the North Carolina North Car- the Carolina Panthers. North Carolina Panthers. <laughs> nah, I'm just picturing Carolina Charlotte North Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton released. Teddy Two Gloves signed, PJ Walker signed, who's Hammond's boy. So we're going to bring on uh, Brandon Hammonds from the team to talk about his Panthers and the state of uh, key pounding. And now we bring on FPP member, next up host, Brandon Hammonds. Ham, what is going on down in Charlotte? 
Deaver, it's good to see you, man, and and hope everything everything's going well with all this this debacle going on. But uh, when it when it comes to the state of the Panthers, man, to be honest, I I don't really know what's going on right now. We are just rebuild mode. All of our superstars are gone, and in the matter of five years, you can look at the Falcons, the Rams, somewhat of the Eagles, and the Panthers included. They just pretty much clean house because they know that when you have good enough talent, their window of success is probably three to four years. And we went through that window completely in and out. So we're, we're just rebooting now, man, getting ready for the draft. We signed some key free agents and I'm excited. Yeah. Let's talk about the reboot. We were talking quarterbacks earlier, uh, Bush and I, and a lot of movement at the quarterback position in Carolina so far. Um, Timeline kind of off, but they signed Teddy Bridgewater, they released Cam Newton, and then they signed P.J. Walker from the XFL. Um, you want to go step-by-step step there on, on kind of the process? I don't know if you want to talk about your boy number one at first or, or which way you want to go, but... Um, yeah, I, I just think I, I think the, the whole situation in general, is it's very tough to deal with, especially when you see your greatest franchise player ever be kind of shoved out the door. Cam said he didn't want to leave. Um, uh, according to the Panthers organization, um, or I was listening to Charlotte radio the other day. And what they mentioned was Cam was asking for an extension. And obviously with Cam's health and the condition that it is, he's not in the place to ask for that per se. Mm -hmm. So he asked for that and we made it known to him and his agent that he's available to be traded. And the, the problem was with all of this though, it was so late in the free agency process so quarterbacks were already being signed and they've already been moved. Uh, so this was probably on day three or four of free agency. And he was kind of put behind behind the eight ball in that position, which sucks for him. But long story short, we just ended up cutting him, didn't even trade him, didn't get anything in return. Teams knew we were going to cut him. He's currently still unsigned. Uh, I, I think with all of that hype, we needed to sign some quarterback just to kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. distract people from that situation. We ended up signing two. Yeah. And which, um, and I, I guess Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in as the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And his backup is, is one of your boys from the Houston Roughnecks, PJ, PJ Walker. Which I, I is, can't believe that that happened. That? Like your, your, your XFL team now to your, your, your NFL team. Um, my superstar from one league. In the league. My superstar from one league is, is on my, my main team now. I, I can't believe it. Uh, so Matt Rule coached PJ Walker at Temple, I believe, in 17. But nonetheless, they've always they've always kept the connection. They've always kept in contact. Same with Robbie Anderson. So I'm assuming that Matt Rule is going to sign some of these guys that he's been connected to. He also Rule wanted to scout. Um, he was recruiting DJ Moore and Ian Thomas, who is now our starting tight end. So he has connections to those guys too. So it's it's just weird how Rule has already these connections and he's just holding most of the power. I think our GM is the next to go, honestly. What do you think the plan is with Bridgewater? What what did he sign for? How many how many years? And is that the guy that they see here for the the near future, or is that kind of a bridge guy to get them through this rebuild and possibly find somebody else in the in the draft? I don't I don't know if if Bridge is a bridge, honestly. Um, according to reports as of right now, he is the starter. I believe it's a two-year deal. 
Each mm-hmm. year is about 16 to 20 million. Um, so we're paying him like a starting quarterback, basically. But assuming that Rule doesn't want to tank, he Teddy Bridgewater may be our guy, or PJ Walker comes in, kills it. He plays a little bit. Um, Will Greer yeah, comes a, along. Yeah, it's a three-year deal um, for $63 million. And Bridgewater came out saying that, that he wasn't hired by Carolina to do anything but win games. Um, he's quoted by ESPN saying, I'm a winner. Everywhere I've gone, I've won. And I take pride in that. So it sounds like, at least if it's Bridgewater's plan, it, it's not a rebuild. It's not a tank. Um, even though they're they're gunning for, for Trevor Lawrence in, in 2021. Bridgewater's got other plans, it sounds like. Yeah, and Bridgewater, I think, is 27. So he's he's pretty much at that age where he's yeah, ready to this rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, assuming that he is our guy, I think depending on where we go in the draft, we'll kind of solidify whether Teddy's our guy or not. Because if we go defense, if we go defense in the beginning of the draft, I think I think Teddy's our guy because then we're going to be gunning to win. Right. Um, let's go backwards. We'll dive into draft closer closer to draft day. Um, but let's go backwards to um, the franchise player that's now leaving the team. Um, as we said, he's still unsigned to date. Um, a vacancy available in New England, a vacancy in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, what is your – for a guy you've watched growing up your whole life, what's, where do you think he fits the best? Absolutely in L.A. And yeah. I, I say that because – just thinking about Bill Belichick and the, and the way that he operates, yeah, you could say it's Bill's system, Tom Brady's system, whoever you want to be. Cam is not that drop back and throw kind of guy. A lot of yeah. his game is off athleticism, just kind Improv. of making plays on his own. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if if Belichick can operate with someone like that. And um, yeah, who knows with yeah, Belichick. I don't know if Belichick could, Belichick could operate with somebody like that, or I don't know if he could like rein in Cam, and Cam would be happy operating in a system like that where like no matter what you're throwing this five yard check down like that is your play where cam kind of wants to you know maybe go through his progressions and have a little more fluidity and like an openness to his game where you know they knew that they were they they're hitting these dinks and dumps down the field and that's like kind of what they've done the past past couple years in new england um and i think it all depends on what new england wants to do as well because obviously they've lost they've lost a big key piece on what they wanted to do are they? Could they possibly shoot for Lawrence? Could they possibly pick a quarterback in this in this year's draft? Yeah. Could they get that kid Jordan Love? Maybe. Yeah, um, and you can tell that 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 Belichick's always a couple a couple steps ahead. So you know he's not going to go and stick his neck out just to just to save a year to save a couple wins um, for you know a guy that you know Cam may not be the the right fit. So Chargers, the one thing that and I think Bush would would agree with me is. When I think of Cam Newton, I think of a – you can kind of compare him to a better, younger Phil Rivers. Maybe? They're I, not, I agree. They're not, they're not totally different. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're kind of in that same, that same yeah. kind of powerful arm. Obviously, Cam Newton has the mobility. Um, but bigger bodies um, and kind of, you know, guys that, that guys will take chances out there on the field and kind of, you know, passionate guys. That, that's how I'm equating them as a similar player. Yeah. And I do, for for some odd reason, I a gut feeling is telling me that Cam physically, when it comes to his running ability, is not there. And that was such a huge part of his game, especially mm-hmm. in his MVP season and every other season, because mm-hmm. that 
takes pressure off his ability to throw. And I don't think that he can move as, as well as he used to. He looks a little bit slimmer too. Uh, so I don't know if he, he shed some weight off, but I think it's going to be a big deal when it comes to his play. And I think that I don't think he'll be signed until after the draft, honestly. And I think he'll be a backup. Wow. I do. Yeah. Wow. I don't, so he's, he's not an accurate thrower. He's really not. Yeah. He's very inconsistent. He'll overthrow. Do you think yeah. James, fi- James Winston finds a starting job before Cam finds a starting job? Ooh. That's I mean, a- based off of last season, I want to say yes. Right? Because based you would think that yeah, teams want that guy that can just let loose. I think he's a good fit in Pittsburgh. I really do. I, I don't disagree, man. I mean, I know, you know, look at the statistics. He had the most passing yards and the most touchdowns last season. Even yeah. though he had the most interceptions thrown with a good defense, like you might be able to risk that. I mean, Ben, you know, comparing we're comparing quarterbacks here. Like Ben has been a turnover machine in recent years as, as well. You know, taking those risks out. I mean, he had what seven, five interceptions that one game a couple of years ago. He's not. Yeah. He's not. Uh, you know, he's not a, a sharpshooter. Um, I could see where they could kind of play off each other i mean we still have them for two more years though. the guy's not totally done so and i don't think Jameis winston's the future like i don't think if we, if ben got hurt and we needed a quarterback this year kind of like where we were stuck last year if the pittsburgh steelers had Jameis winston last year that team makes the playoffs yes i agree that team makes makes the playoffs and possibly wins a game yeah and just pittsburgh's coaching as well is is very good and winston's only i believe 26 he's yeah. five years in yeah, yeah, he's he's got plenty left in the tank. But to answer your question, I would say so. I think Winston could be a starter above Cam, and before. Physically, and, Cam just looks different, man. He really does. Yeah, and he's still and and so I guess what are the holes we have left? We have New England, we have L.A. Um, obviously, Rivers moving to Indy. Um, I don't think there's any rumors of, about the Bengals doing anything different than Joe Burrow right here in yeah, this. Yeah, I don't think so in this draft. And then the one that Bush and I kind of talk about is uh, Andy Dalton still being on the on the block as well. I mean, he, you know, he kind of lost his lost his gig last year, lost his step, but um, a couple more guys to to rotate around the league. Um, and obviously, I I, I want to say I think Cam wants to go to a winner, but a situation like Jacksonville, for example, is Minshew their guy, kind of deal. But I, I couldn't see Cam going in there and competing for a job because I think Cam's at the point where he wants to win. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think his pride is telling him that he needs to be a starter. So if you think about that, which winning teams right now, their quarterbacks are pretty set. Right, right. Uh, like one goes rather, down. Rather, I wonder if he'd rather battle for a job and risk losing or he'd want to go to a losing team where he's the backup. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he could easily walk into Jacksonville and – probably take that over Minshew I, I would yeah. possibly you know what I mean mm-hmm. or he'd have to go to I mean he, he'd probably have to fight you think he's gonna have to fight with Tyrod Taylor if he goes to the Chargers yeah I think so right and, uh, I right. could I could easily see the beginning of next season or in the offseason a quarterback gets hurt mm-hmm. and I could easily see him taking over because starting quarterbacks they get hurt yeah so yeah. maybe it may Maybe he may have to wait into the beginning of next season even. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be extremely patient. Maybe somebody signs him, uses him as kind of a chip, like just in case. You know what I mean? 
because I I believe that these these teams that if they are quarterback needy, there are a couple in the draft. So if they draft their quarterbacks, then who's going to sign Cam? Yes. If if LA yeah. if they get if they get Herbert, yeah, or Tua, then what? Then what? And then it's not, not like gonna get Cam. you're not going to sign Cam for a year, even you know maybe you want to sit one of those guys for a year, you know say if you don't want to throw Herbert to the Wolves, even though some people are now talking Herbert over Burrow, which is crazy to hear in of late. But Silly. say you don't want to throw him to the Wolves in year one, you're still not going to sign Cam Newton for that bridge year. Exactly. So I I think if L A, for example, if they if they draft a quarterback, I would probably go out on a limb and say maybe Washington signs Cam, maybe. But I I can't think of a different team outside of the Redskins just because of the Rivera connection. But that's right, we were, we were chatting the Rivera connection in in Washington. Have they came out and said anything that they're they're set with with their guy? No. So there have been reports. That they they're getting Chase Young at two, and we can assume that because of Ron Rivera being a defensive-minded head coach. But mm-hmm. is Haskins their guy? Is really the question that needs right. to be answered because they're in a great position to get a good quarterback. They, yeah, they could get they, Tua at two. Yeah, they I, I think I think they should consider trading back as well. But Chase was, Young is a stud. But again, if you think about it, so was Clowney. Clowney was a stud too at defensive end, and he only had a couple years with one team, and now he's moving to different places. Unless he's like a Khalil Mack type player, but even he moved teams too. Yeah, and it's it's tough because you take a look at you know on the other side of that argument, you take a look at the 49ers who found themselves in a Super Bowl this year, and they all drafted heavy defensive line. They had all first round picks starting across the board on the defensive line. Yeah. And they found themselves in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but I was just gonna say, possibly trade back, get one of those quarterbacks, like get Herbert there in the middle. I I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be I, 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 in recent history. I don't think I remember a quarterback carousel quite like this, and a draft at the same time that has a quarterback pool like this. Um, in, a, in a while. Yeah, I agree, and uh, especially with this kid Jordan Love. I don't know if you've seen tape on him, but. His deep ball, it, it looks like Mahomes. He can he can just throw. He I think he's a former baseball kid as well. He went to a small school, so we got one of those too. And I like rooting for the smaller school guys too. Me too. Me too. Like that was like Wentz's year. Like I was all for uh, Carson Wentz getting picked early, just because just because smaller school guy. Well, Ham, thanks for coming on, man. I hope you're uh, staying safe up there in uh, in New Jersey. Um, and Bush and I are gonna roll through some more some more football talk here, but. Uh, We'll sure to have you back on. We gotta have Timmy on for the NFL draft talk here in a couple in a couple weeks. Um, sounds like NFL is proceeding as is with the draft. Um, different format. I think they're gonna virtual a lot of it in. You know, it's gonna be like whether it's a big Zoom meeting, almost like college online classes. I, I don't think there won't be players in person. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And it may it may have some like total online component where teams are in their war room and it's you know it's that group of ten vital people from every front office. Um, chiming in, we'll we'll see what what comes out. But Goodell's been stead, steadfast and headstrong on having this thing end of April, not to disrupt the league year. So, going to be yeah. different format, kind of stinks. I saw an ad. Just last thoughts. I saw an ad the other day for the you know the NFL draft hat. They always have that special hat that you know the player gets every year. They mm-hmm. change it up though slightly. And yeah. I saw an ad for, it and it's like, what does it matter? The players like, what are they ship them in like minutes at a time? Like they're not, yeah. they're never going to wear those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a little different and change of pace. 
for th- something that we're not used to. And it's such a huge event for television as well. But I'm still going to chime in, even if they're doing it via Skype. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I wonder if they'll change the format up a little bit. You know, hopefully all their you know the connectivity is all locked in. Because can you imagine the amount of times we have technical difficulties on a podcast or a, a conference call or something, and you have like a, a nationwide conference call for the NFL draft? I mean, somebody hacks in and pick and puts it push it, presses the button for a different player. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? And people are still going to have to be traveling to these players' homes in order to record them. So that's right. not completely social distancing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. The NFL new, always I, finds I a way. That. Yeah, they'll find they'll find a way, but it's it's going to be very, very different. Like I said, just that part of the draft hat, handing out the jersey with the number one, like I don't think we'll be able to see that at all, other than the first pick, right? Because the Bengals know who they're picking going in. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we'll have that at all, so – um definitely excited for the draft though ex- excited for can't something. wait yes. something, we need something something fresh from tv <laughs> yeah cool but uh thanks, Deeps, thanks for having me appreciate Always. it man be well dude ham is unreal with his knowledge about the the panthers man what a great interview i just can't believe that the guy we had the xfl draft he picks the houston roughnecks he rides P.J. Walker that entire time. Roughnecks looked like the best team in the XFL. P.J. Walker had an outstanding season. And out of all the places he ends up post-XFL, it's, it's, it's his Panthers. Right. And you knew it was going to happen because of the connection to Matt Rule. You know, you thought it was going to happen. I'm sure, you know, and Ham talks about that. Um, but that's a good duo there. Teddy Tugeloves and P.J. Walker as the backup. I mean, we'll see. The, the Panthers has been just a just depressing state and... And all the all the names that have left, but we'll we'll leave that to the the hams conversation. Absolutely. And with that, that concludes uh, episode thirty two of the Free Parking Podcast. Strange times out there. Make sure we stay safe, wash our hands, um, and, and stay home for now uh, t- until we get news otherwise. But uh, we'll keep you updated on on the latest um, as more announcements come out of of leagues restarting, rescheduling, postponing. Um, and whatnot. And hey, we, we have a draft coming up. The NFL came out saying that their draft is still to be hosted in April, whether it's electronically or, or in person. So um, we'll, be, we'll be covering some stuff here and we'll, we'll try to find some interesting stories for you um, here in the, next, in the next couple of weeks. Solid copy, brother. Yeah, the Instagram's been a little dry, man. It's just because the whole time our face has been like this. Yeah, jaw dropped. Just speechless. Jaw dropped. Speechless, jaw dropped. typeless. Just like, just like the rest of America. Yep. Yeah. All right, brother. I'll catch you later. All right. See you. So everybody, you might think right now with COVID-19 going on that sports betting is dead. However, it is not. Down in Australia, there's some rugby and some other sports going on that No Brainer Wagers is still putting picks out for. So head over to No Brainer Wagers on Instagram, at No Brainer Wagers. Send them a DM and tell them that free parking sent you for a 15% discount. And, uh, you know, you guys can ride with them. I believe I saw uh, the other day they're 20 and 7, Deves. So these guys are rocking and rolling, um, and they're not letting the uh, the virus keep them down. So, uh, you know, don't I'm pretty sure they were betting on uh, table tennis. I'm pretty sure they were getting some wins on table tennis the other yeah. day. They're, they're, they're finding anything to bet on, and they're, and they're winning still, which is just unbelievable to me that the algorithm still works, whether it's, it's U.S. big four sports or just – yeah random, it's, it's awesome random rugby in australia so head over there send them uh send them a dm tell them we sent you and you get uh you know 10 15 off all right all right okay what's up what's up with you what's up what's up with you what's up what's up with you all right